Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. You're with Josh here and Daniel as always. Daniel, mate, good weekend of sport, I must say. You know, the, the mighty GWS Giants had a famous win. The Aussies win in the Ashes. The Cowboys win by 74 points on the weekend. Both draft teams got a win and climbed a few rankings myself. All the stars are aligned, man, and I'm I'm feeling pretty good going into round 19, this last big buy round for us this season. What about yourself, mate? How's how's it all tracking for you? Yeah, pretty good. You didn't even touch on the the Knights win over the Dogs. They got up 66 to naught <laughs> as well, mate. There's been plenty of action. 66, yeah. bloody hell! <laughs> I don't think I've seen two scores that big in a weekend ever, to be honest. Especially to naught. That's uh. Yeah, pretty pretty spectacular. But yeah, had a pretty good uh, pretty good weekend. Uh, got over the thousand mark and have ten players currently. Oh, eleven, sorry, this weekend. Um, and just trying to sort out my trades for getting all thirteen. So it should be pretty good, especially coming in to the back end of the year with uh, four extra trades plus the extra eight that we get next week under my belt. So should have plenty going into the the back eight games of the year. A oh, good mate. Yeah, it's um. Good. I th- I'm hoping a bunch of the listeners are in a similar boat where you've probably got at least you know 11, hopefully close to that 13 mark without having to make too many trades. At the moment, it looks like I'm just making one to get my 13, and that's just to get in Brennan Hands to, to cover that number nine slot. And I guess let's touch on it straight off the bat here because I guess maybe it's not at the forefront of a lot of folks' minds, the Sean Johnson potentially out this week, uh, birth of his child. How is that going to potentially affect your plans if uh, if he's ruled out as well? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting one because a lot of people probably have like a Moses or a DC or a Munster as their like second half alongside, you know, maybe a Heinz or a, well, not clear anymore, but generally a Heinz or an SJ. Um, so, a lot of a few of those are going to be in origin, so you're not going to have them at all. And SJ is the one that you're kind of relying on for this round, and it looks like he's probably 50-50. It just depends on what happens with his kid coming this weekend. I don't know. I really don't know what to do, to be honest. I think you've got to have just a, a bench half, hopefully. I was hoping that would be Oluwapu, but it looks like he's um, not going to be playing. So, yeah, hands kind of looks like a good backup option to be honest this week and I think you probably need to run with an extra half on the bench just in case that does happen especially if you've got spare trades if you don't have spare trades I wouldn't worry too much about it but yeah if you're trying to climb rank you'd need a backup somewhere yeah a bit bloody selfish of him isn't it um I'm not sure if he's really considering our fantasy teams when he's uh missing this week for the birth of his child but uh we'll have to have a word with him if he does (laughs) Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Actually, he's been probably everyone's <laughs> favourite player this year, um, considering some of his scores, and um, especially when we've needed him to be a captain. But uh, yeah, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. He has been unreal, and I'm not sure if we end we'll have like a reward an awards show come come back of the year. But I'd say he is, you know, hot hot chance to get one of those. He's just so good to watch when he's on, and yeah, really wound the clock back to. Uh, the good old Sean Johnson days in fantasy. So, yeah, unreal to see it. And I guess my kind of like last take on this issue is just with, I just think a lot of people are going to be in the same boat with it. If he's late scratching um, of 
uh, for this game. When do the Warriors play? They play the third game of the round this week, so, you know, there's potential that we might get some news before it gets to that Friday night, or is it the Saturday game? Um, On Saturday, yeah. The Saturday game, sorry. I'm just trying to... I look at my thing and it says it's 2.30am in the morning here when it starts, so I'm like, <laughs> what is that in, in your time? 5.30. 5.30, Beauty. Um, which, by the way, I am recording this at one thirty a.m. Chicago time right now. So yeah, don't ever say I'm not a footy brains, I don't know, enthusiast. But um, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be in the same boat as with with Sean Johnson if he's late scratching. I I think a lot of people would probably play a man down, and I think it's kind of tricky unless you have someone like Hands. Um, who can kind of fill that spot. I'm kind of... I'm personally going to be waiting, even if he gets ruled out, because I don't really like the other options, honestly, this week, who would provide that extra number anyway. Like, if Cleary was available this week, potentially, or like a Munster or a Moses, someone like that I'd maybe consider, but there's no one else really kind of knocking down the door in the position for me. Yeah, there's no cheap options because you really don't want to go to a mid-range like half or a even a high-end half this week because the high-end options are like if you already got a Hines, obviously get if you don't have Hines, get him in. Um, what are you doing without him? You can't really be competitive without Hines this year. But um, the other options are like what Fogarty, maybe a Burton if you get lucky. You could even take a punt on a Toby Sexton, but who knows how he's going to pan out alongside Burton in the halves there? So I probably wouldn't go him just yet like it's really it's really hard to make a decision there um and yeah hands is the only real option that i'd safely go for just because he's so cheap and he should get a decent score yeah i like that chart mate well kind of on that note let's let's get into these team lists and you'd think you know what four games this week uh gonna be a pretty cruisy team lists but you know there's a lot of changes here and we're recording this at what, approximately 4.30 in uh, Sydney time, East Coast time there. So we haven't had a real deep look at this this team list, so we're kind of going off the cuff, which is, I guess, something a little bit different, and um, we ought to get kind of initial thoughts from the both of us. But the first team here, we got the Tigers, and I think the main change that sticks out to me is they've switched up this... Um, edge and lock rotation again. So Johnny and IPAP are in the um, starting second row spots with Sean Blore to the bench. And then Fanua Pole is the 13. Mate, Sean Blore burns again. Uh, hopefully not <laughs> too many jumped on. But anything else you want to you touch on here with the Tigers who, well, hopefully they've... Otherwise, I think named a pretty similar backline to last week. Um, I've got a few new faces in there, I guess, with... I don't think Kapoa was playing last week, but... Yeah, they've obviously wielded the axe and done a few different things after the the 74 nil last week, so... Yeah, fair. I think there's... Um, yeah, there's... I mean, it was pretty obvious that Law was going to get pushed to the bench. This is why we didn't recommend him last week, just for the fact that this was obviously going to happen at some point. Like, yes, he was a very good edge runner, but defensively, he can, you know, be a bit 
shaky at times, but also Bateman through the middle just doesn't seem like a natural ball player at number 13. So I think to to play it safe, they've pushed him back to the edge roll where he can just, you know, run his line and that can be it for him. Um, and they've, they're going to rotate, you know, Pole and, um, well, actually they normally rotate, uh, 12 off the bench, but I guess because he's out suspended now, they're going to have to rotate someone else off the bench. We'll see how that goes. Probably, probably safe off. Um, but yeah, Bateman should go back to playing 80 on an edge and, Unfortunately, it means Bull is going to be playing, you know, 40, 50 minutes off the bench, which if you bought him isn't too bad. But um, yeah, obviously you wanted to be getting good, you know, 40, 50 plus scores out of him. And that'll probably reduce back down to maybe 30s off the bench, but should still make a little bit of cash for then for you then to trade him up next week. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too. I don't think he's an immediate sell, especially if you need him for an extra number this week. Yeah. Got a break in of 12, so he could still go up another little bit. Looking at his scores here, I remember owning him earlier this year and he had one of these games where he came off the bench in this round five game against the Broncos. He still pumped out a 61 in 58 minutes, so it's possible he still gets some you know, big scores in there. But I think, as you're saying, those like my expectation with him now is probably closer to the 30 mark than anything 40-plus. Yeah. So I think he's going to be a sale in the future for sure. Yeah, I mean, still made a decent amount of cash, but yeah, going to be an upgrade probably next week, if not the week after. See how that pans out. I like it, mate. And the Sharks here, the Sharks are probably the the most typical team with uh, everything else. Is A lot of the other teams have made a, a bunch of changes. To the, the Sharks are pretty much the same. I think the only main one is Cam McInnes comes in to lock for Dalfa Nukanote, who's got two weeks. Out suspended, so some decent minutes for Cam McInnes. And, oh, it's worth pointing out too, Toby Rudolph back in the team. Um, since First game since round two, I believe. So nice to see him back. And I guess just interesting to watch with this Sharks rotation going forward, see how these minutes look this game. I think there's some potential kind of plug and play for, for draft options here. Potentially a Toby Rudolph, I think, is an all right plug-and-play. I'd be pretty confident running out Cam McInnes now if he's in your draft teams as well, after he's been kind of plodding along with 30s and 40s. But, um, yeah, anything else you want to touch on here with the Sharks, mate? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered it all. Rudolph is an interesting option towards the back end of the year because he started the season quite well. I think he actually got five games in until he had his um, foot injury, but... Yeah, he averaged around the 48 to 50 mark, which, I mean, it's going to take him a while to get back to that, but I I could see him, you know, hitting 50s um, in those last couple of rounds before the finals, that's for sure. But yeah, I wouldn't be risking going him anytime soon, especially with other better, better mid options, you know, around that 650k mark. For sure, yeah. I think that's a good call. And uh, well, I guess now I'm thinking about it, we didn't really touch off touch on this you know at the start of the show but maybe the biggest you know news from the Sharks team kind of broke earlier in the week but Nico Hines wasn't selected to to play game three for the Blues um, which I think at least for me given he he's off a 94 and playing the, sh- the Tigers who just got 74 put on him I think he's the the automatic captain choice this week and I wouldn't be second guessing that yeah absolutely just chuck the c on him and don't even worry about it i think so too and you kind of mentioned this before 
definitely, if you haven't got Hines at the moment, you've got to be breaking your team to get him in for this week because, yeah, Hines 100-plus in this week, even though this is a way better week, I think, you know, player-wise than the 13 by was. Um, but, yeah, if a Hines goes 100-plus and you don't have him, it's really going to stun you. Yeah. I mean, he's already scored 100, I'm pretty sure, this year, so not having him... Wait, has he? No, he's actually just fell short in his first game. But, yeah, he's got three 90s, scores in the 90s and a couple in the 80s, so, yeah, yeah, you have to have him in your team somewhere. Like, you've yeah, good, got to get him in. Ah, uh, the famous 94 that I brought him in. A 98 that I brought him in for. Yeah, round away. one. Uh, oh, not round one, but first game for him. Yeah, it's... I What a call, to be honest. I can't believe Josh. that. <laughs> oh, well. Hasn't got you to the top 10, though, has it? Hasn't got me... Not yet. Not yet. Good point. Long game. That's what you've been playing. Exactly. Well, I'm going to captain in this week, so uh, hopefully... No so it's every man in his job, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Captain Nico Hines before it was cool. <laughs> but I guess anything else, just while we're on the kind of origin topic, obviously Corey Horsburgh is out this week. He's got selected in that Maroon squad. Hopgood is in the squad, but will play for the Eels this week. Scott Drinkwater was named at 18 man for the Blues, so he won't play this week, even though he wasn't going to anyway, because the Cowboys have the bye. <laughs> Any other kind of like big fantasy ones you just want to reiterate for people who've probably seen the post, but yeah, who am I missing? Gutherson also selected. Gutherson. I mean, there's few... not yeah, not huge fantasy ones other than the ones you've already mentioned, but a few that have kind of changed up the teams, like especially for the Rabbitohs with Cody Walker out and also Kalomatangi and Murray and Cook, like basically the the Rabbitohs team is in shambles this week, especially when you add on top of that uh, Graham's injury as well. So they're not exactly full of stars. Um, should be pretty interesting to see how the dogs go against them, but we'll get to those team lists um, in a second. Sounds good. Well, yeah, let's keep moving on here. So we've got the, the Dragons team who have also swung the axe a little bit. Tyrell Sloan's dropped for Paul Turner. Uh, there's no Ben Hunt in this team, obviously. And apart from that, I don't think anything else too newsworthy. Still no Jack Bird in this team. For me, mate, I think Jack DeBellin is the only one who's really worth considering anywhere for this, uh, for this Dragons team, given how poor they've been. Anything, uh, anything further you'd like to add on that? Nah, agreed. JDB is the only one to consider from this team. Still stringing along 60s, and he will continue to do that, um, especially with Jack Bird out. And, I mean, Zach Lomax isn't a terrible option, especially because of how many just shit centers there are. Like, it's not bad to have a center that kicks goals, um, but Dragons have to score tries, so he gets, you know, goal yeah, yeah. opportunities. So, yeah, uh, I think he's okay, but he's not the best that you could do in that center spot. I agree 100%. When you've got someone like the buy of the week, Connolly Lemuelu, um, named at starting second row, how can you really put in Zach Lomax? Not really sure, but let's move on, mate, to the Raiders. Actually, to be fair, the Raiders are a pretty stock standard team this week as well, besides, you know, Big Red out this week. We were saying, you know, pre-show that 
I think this equals big minutes for Joe Tarpney, who was unreal last weekend, finally coming through for owners after a few lean weeks. I think he's set for another big game, and I'm hoping this is the Joe Tarpany resurgence and kind of purple patch of form that we saw last year. What would you be saying to folks um, who haven't got Joe Tarpany? Is he... Like, where does he rate as far as, like, is he a must-have? Would you be prioritizing him over, like, a DeBellin or a Hopgood? Where do you kind of see him? Yeah, it's really hard because, obviously, Josh Papali is going to be coming back into this team as well in the next week or two. Um, Horsburgh as well will come back in after Origin. So it's it's kind of difficult to see what his scores are going to be towards the back end of the year. I think you could pretty comfortably get him and just as long as you're expecting, you know, 50s and then the occasional 80 plus score because he does have that potential to go big. Um, But I wouldn't say he's amongst the guns, you know, in the mid position like your, like your um, Horsburghs, like your Haases. Yeah, there's definitely, definitely better options in the mids, like even a Tino um, or a Yo are better, but, you know, he's going to do a job and... I think this week especially, he's going to be playing 70-plus minutes probably, just considering the bench and the other players in the team. Gula as well is an interesting option because he um, he will get increased minutes in that starting role. But, yeah, not for classic. I think uh, a decent draft option, Emre Gula is. Okay, I want to keep hammering down this point for folks who are probably really considering Joe Tarpney, especially if they're losing like a Horsburgh this week or someone like that. So I just want to get your general gauge. Would you rather have Hopgood or Joe Tarpany? Uh for the back end of the year, I think I Gee, see it's so much it's this is hard because you know the Raiders are going to get their troops back in the next week or two. And Parramatta have now got, you know, Matto back in the team. Sean Lane's coming back into the team. They're going to have a glut of forwards. So I think I would rather have Tarpany considering the Eels situation now with Lane returning. Wow. Okay. I thought I was going to be able to throw a few names and get a bit further oh, down this do. list. Yeah. I'm happy to keep going, going more, <laughs> but uh, Tarpany's like, he's a good option, but the problem is that they've definitely preferred to have Horsburgh at lock and playing big minutes. So I feel like Tarpany's big minute role that he did have towards the back end of last year, isn't going to pan out the same this year. He'll get, you know, increased minutes probably around the 60 mark, but he's not going to get your 70 plus minutes like he was last year, maybe for this game, but not for the, the remainder of the games. Okay. Let's keep going through these comparisons. Joe Tarpany or Payne Haas? Oh, Payne Haas. Joe Tarpany, Isaiah Yo. Yo. Okay, so we found the line. I the <laughs> well, yeah, record, you've just named the two two high scoring mids. Yeah, in the game so far. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're on the same page. I I thought Tarpany was going to be above Hopgood for you. He probably doesn't. No, I did quite... say that. I said Tarpany was above Hopgood. Yeah, I thought Hopgood would be above Tarpany. Oh no, that's what no, surprised I think... me. Because Lane's been out and so has Maddo. I think that's why Hopgood's been getting, you know, increased minutes through the middle. I think now that they're back and Lane will eventually get that edge spot back, I think he'll, you know, diminish a bit. He'll probably go back to playing 50-odd, 55 minutes at lock. And, yeah, I, I don't think his scores will drop too far, but they'll definitely drop a bit lower. Have you ever met a Parramatta supporter who hates Hopgood so much? Want to 
talked me into selling no, him mate, I, this year. I love him. I love having him in the team. It's great to have a good lock, but uh, yeah, it's just it's so hard because you've got so many good forwards. Like you've also got Regan Campbell, Gillard, and Junior Paulo taking big minutes. Um, you got Matto, you got Sean Lane. Cartwright can even handle eighty minutes on an edge. Now they've got Andrew Davy into the team. He's taking big minutes on an edge. It's so difficult <laughs> to fit them all in the team. Well, now now we're just bickering like an old couple. But um, <laughs> two more names. I just want to get quick responses. Yep. Harpany or Jack DeBellin, rest of season? Uh, for the consistent 60s, I think I'd go JDB. Okay, Joe Tarpany or Adam Fenua Blake, rest of season? Uh... I really want to say Tarpany, but AFB, every time I say he's not going to do well, he does well. Um, nah, you know what? I'm going to say Tarpany. Now that Harris is back in and playing 80, I think Tarpany's got the got the better scores for the back end of the year than AFB. Okay, actually, I lied. One last one. Uh, <laughs> Tohu Harris or Joe Tarpany? Harris. Because I think Harris, based on how he went at the start of the season, now he's starting to get back into that form. I think Harris has got, you know, a run of 60s um, coming. And I think he's, you know, undervalued compared to what he can score Harris at the moment. So he's probably one to to look at if you need an extra mid this week. Interesting. Okay. So concluding, I feel like so Harpany is a borderline top three mid for this week and then going forward he's probably like a top five or potentially top even 10. lower yeah and um we didn't even talk about guys like tino like pat carrigan yeah um who are also definitely in this conversation but i think he maybe presents the most value out of these top 10 guys just knowing how nuclear he can go towards the back end of the year yeah so He's probably my favorite option, even if he didn't own a Debellin. I kind of like the upside of Tarpany and coming off an 85. Hopefully, he can have a few big games. But that's a lot of talk about Joe Tarpany, mate. I'm glad we got into it, but let's move on. I think for uh, that, we'll have, some, uh, we'll have some posts next week to cover off kind of best in position um, players. So keep an eye on the Instagram page for that. That's a good shout as well. But moving along to your mates, um, except for Hopgood, who apparently isn't your mate, we've <laughs> got uh, Sean Russell playing fullback for Gutho. Lumi Lumi is in this team. Ryan Madison back in the halves. Dijon Arce in the halves as well. And then, uh, you know, Cartwright and their kind of usual suspects there for the Eels. Also, Brendan Hans playing nine again with no hooker on the bench. What we really like to see. And I guess let's touch on Brendan Hans first, mate. He's the only guy I am bringing in this week. I think ideally you would have brought him in a couple of weeks ago just to get a few extra price rises out of him. But I still think he's a pretty good option and still pretty cheap. A cash down option to kind of free up cash elsewhere. Has that pretty handy half jewel as well. And seems to be locked in for kind of 40 ishes for the rest of the year with Hodgson out. What are your thoughts on him, mate? Yeah, great, great option. Bit of a cash. He should make some some decent price rises over the next three, four weeks. And then you can upgrade him for the last, you know, four maybe rounds of the year. Uh, 
but will yeah like you said he's going to be scoring you know 30 to 40 points a week every now and then with a few attacking stats he'll get you 50 but i mean you can't complain when you're only paying 300k for a, a hooker half especially with that dual position will be very handy um towards the back end of the year with injuries or whatnot that does come up so yeah don't mind him yeah that's a good shout too like the consistent scores are going to be nice just for that yeah, if there's an injury or using him as your kind of 17th um, player there, like for a loop option as well, I think it's going to be really handy. Yeah, the loop on a on a Thursday night, because I think Parramatta play a few Thursday night games uh, towards the back end of the year. So if you can loop him, because um, he can potentially score. You know, he's scored a try, I think, in his first or second game. So he can, he can snag a try here or there. Um, so good to have if you can hopefully get a 50 out of him one week. Definitely, mate. And the Warriors here. We mentioned Sean Johnson in a little bit of doubt. Apart from that, looks pretty standard for the Warriors. Maybe these team lists just look so daunting off the bat because we were checking out at at 4 o'clock, but maybe they're not as bad as we think. Mitch Barnett there in, in starting second row. But apart from that, I don't think there's anything else to report here from the Warriors. Anyone else here considering in this Warriors team for the bye week? Not really. I think I think for this week specifically, there's not really anyone to to bring in from this Warriors unless you already have them. Like if you're already holding on to a CNK or a Metcalf or an AFB, Wade Egan even, like they're fine to hold for this round, but I wouldn't be bringing in any of these guys late in the season to be like must-have players. I think you've you've already got most of these players if you you want to have them as season-long holds, like a an AFB, a Johnson, or a Bar- uh, not a Barnett, a Tohu Harris. I think Barnett's the only one that maybe might come into contention, but gonna have to wait and see when Nia Corey's back, where he fits into this team. I like it, mate. And actually, now that I scroll down the NRL.com website a little bit further i i turned to the rabbitos team list this week and this is a shit show there's some serious <laughs> who's on this list um some ben levettes some dean hawkins some mamazoulas uh there on the bench it's a bit of a mishmash obviously no uh latrell no cook no cody walker this week all Injured origin. No guys like Jairo that are still coming back into this team. Yep. Anyone else? Is there anyone here you're considering as like a cash down for, you know, enough purposes in this team or anyone else here potentially going to plug in this week and, and do a job playing a dog's team that was awful last week? I wouldn't, you know, guys like Blake Taft could potentially have a really nice game this week i think yeah i don't hate that shout but i I just don't i just avoid them i think it's too early to go enoughy at this point on your team like getting someone in that you know get one score out of this week and then it's just going to sit in your emergencies and be a, a red dot for you for the rest of the season i think it's a bit a little bit early for that especially considering buys and you know if one of the teams that you have especially for like bunnies that have two buys um, towards the back end of the season, I'd be, yeah, not generally willing to go to a, a Nuffy, especially Rabbitohs Nuffy, just yet. I agree. Um, now that I think about it, it's not the craziest situation to to get someone like a Ben Levet 220-odd K, frees up a bunch of cash so that you can 
you know, make moves for Cleary and Haas and these guys kind of going forward into the next few weeks. But I think, mate, as you said, it's just so hard with the buys this week and the injuries, unless you really spoil for trades, I would be avoiding nuffs at this point. Yeah, I think most people's teams probably have multiple players from the same team in them at the moment, mainly being the Warriors. Most people have SJ and AFB or even a Tohu Harris in there. Um, then there's the Sharks. You know, most people have a Nakora, Hines, maybe even a Ramian or a, a Kennedy if you're, if you're feeling a bit potty. Um, but especially if one of those teams has a buy, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And I think the Warriors do have a buy towards the back end of the year. So you don't want to get stuck having a Nuffy and then all your Warriors not playing and then an injury in your team. And, you know, what if you don't have any trades left? You can't bring anyone in to get a seven, a 17th player, that kind of thing happening. So, yeah, a little bit too early. I agree with that. And, yeah, I'm sure there is some teams out there that have... I'm just looking at my team now. I've got at least five or six doubles from different teams. I've yep. miraculously avoided having a three, but I'm sure there's a few teams out there that do and with teams coming up for buys. If you get called on one of those weeks where your team has a buy, plus you caught one or two injuries and you can't field a full 17 and you're running low on trades, etc., it's yep. pretty risky to go issues. for at this, at this point, I think. Yeah, especially if you're chasing, like, you know, if you're in the top 1,000 or even close to the top 1,000 and you're trying to, you know, push for rank, you really have to have 17 on the park. So you really don't want to put yourself in a situation where that could be at risk. Like the uh, fantasy football finishes in round 27. That's a lot of shit can go wrong between now yeah. and round 27. So there's nine rounds remaining now. So yeah. Yeah. And I doubt there's many teams out there that have more than nine trades left. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be rough this back end of the season. Maybe if we all sign a petition, we can actually get you know twelve trades instead of the ten trades that, or is it eight trades that are promised eight, to yeah. us? <laughs> you wish it was ten. I wish it was ten. <laughs> Maybe if we all uh, go onto change.org and and sign something, we can. Get some extras, but yeah, we'll lobby NRL.com to get some <laughs> trades. Let's move on, mate. Let's keep going here. And the Bulldogs, who have also got a few wacky changes in here, Toppany and Burns coming to the centers, which I shouldn't say wacky changes, they're probably warranted. Uh, we were just talking before the show about how bad we thought Alan Motti was on the weekend, so Braden Burns comes in and takes his spot. and I guess the big news that's kind of broken recently is the the Toby Sexton news that uh, he's now at the Bulldogs and is starting this week in the halves with Mac Burton. What are your thoughts, mate, just on that, that the Toby Sexton has happened really quickly? What is your kind of outlook on his score this week? Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see who does the bulk of the kicking here between Burton and Sexton. Like, they're both kicking halves. I think Burton plays best when he runs the ball more, so maybe he, like, defaults to running and leaves Sexton to do a lot of the in-play kicking, but, geez, Burton has a good bomb, so I doubt they'll, you know, put that in his back pocket and, you know, not use that. So I think they're going to share it a little bit. Uh, it's going to be hard to see what he scores. I think if you're being realistic, he's probably going to score between a 40 and a 50 with shared kicking. Bulldogs not exactly the most 
like attacking, threatening teams. So probably not a ton of attacking stats there. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't be risking. I mean, he's cheap, but I wouldn't be risking going 600k on Toby Sexton in the hopes that he scores your 50, 60 plus from week from from day dot basically at the dogs um, without any combinations, without you know playing with them or training at all. So yeah, probably not one to go at this stage. Yeah, well, the thing is, he's not even that cheap. 603k for Toby Sexton is way overs, in my opinion, for Classic. Does make it kind of interesting for a draft, given he was really good in the in the games he played this year. Or was it just a singular game? Um, game, yeah. <laughs> just a game. He, he's probably been sitting up the top of your free agents for the last couple of weeks. But... Yeah, I think he's still pretty risky. I'd prefer in a draft sense to go a Dijon Arcee or a Luke Metcalf, guys like that over over Sexton, I think. If you've got a spot to stash him, I don't mind it. Stash him on your bench, see how he goes. But I think, yeah, hoping that he's going to get big scores out of the gate, very risky. Yeah, that's not a bad shout as the as a stash there. Um and it will be really interesting to see what the Bulldogs do moving forward. Is this his spot for the rest of the season? What happens with Carl Oluwapu? Is he still got a niggle and that's why he's not named in this starting team? They've got Carl Flanagan here on the bench, which I assume he'll just come in and spell Reed Marnie, but Reed Marnie's been playing big minutes. So there's a chance that is is. Like Flanagan, a chance to come into the halves at some point throughout this game? You'd think not, but there's a few question marks. Yeah, for New South Wales Cup, he's been playing at um, nine, so I don't think Flanagan comes into the half. I think that's his like that's going to be his position going forward is that um, rotation hooker, maybe a number 14. Maybe he's the number 14 um, for the rest of the season, kind of plays similar to a Nicarima comes on, brings a bit of flair, some attacking. Um, well, energy, I guess, but I don't see him coming back into a halfback role. I feel like it's been tried and tried again for the last few seasons for Flanning, and it just hasn't clicked for him, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, maybe it gives him a bit of a longer career in the NRL because of it, but yeah, I think what I was more trying to highlight, just that there's a few question marks about this Bulldogs pack, and I think, yeah, Toby Saxon is more of a stash at the best. Guys like Braden Burns, I'd be pretty happy to plug and play this week if that's an option for you. Braden Burns has been pretty good this year and historically when he's got the starting team, he's been he's been unreal. But let's move on, mate. The last game here, the Titans, they've got a few changes as well. Isaac Vassal Malawi in the team. Cleese Haas is back in this team. Um and Jaden Campbell is back at fullback. Obviously, guys like AJ Brimson, Dave Fafita, um, Tino Fasumalawi, and Mo Fodawaka are on this team, so they're being kind of fueled up there, respectively. Um, anything else, mate, you want to touch on for this for this Titans team? Uh, no, not really. That's, I mean, if you're holding on to some of these guys like your Isaac Silmalawi or your, your Cleese Haases or whatever, they're good plays this week, but I wouldn't expect them to get much more game time after this round. They'll pretty much be straight out of the squad come next round unless there's a major injury to Tino or Fafita at Origin. So 
yeah, get get the use out of them while you have them, and then they're going to be a flick next week. Beauty, mate. Well, let's wrap up here with the the fins. Nick Arima holds that spot at fullback. Big Val is named in the centers and looks safe to hold that spot with uh, news we put on our Instagram earlier that Branko Lee's been training with the reserves. Surely that's Big Val's spot now. But, uh, you know, Wayne seems to love Branko there as well, so I wonder if that'll switch over eventually. And then, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the buy of the week, Connolly Lemuelu, named to start again in the second row for the for the Finns, which we'd love to see. Yeah, your mate. Talent, common sense, it's all prevailed for Wayne Bennett. <laughs> and, well, mate, do something with that. What do you think here, the, the Finns? Yeah, I still don't trust that Lemuel is going to hold that edge spot. Oh, um, you know, I think, well, I mean, you look at it. Felice Cafusi's out with a head knock this round. He'll come straight back in next week, and that'll be it. Like, he'll go back to the bench. I don't think he's going to be holding that spot unless they put Kenny Bromwich back to the front row. But it looks like he's pretty confident in having Herman SASA um, start. So I just don't see how he plays that back row spot. Unfortunately for Lem, um, still think he's a sell. Definitely a hold this week if you've still got him because he's, you know, playing there. But yeah, I don't think going forward he's going to hold that spot. I guess we'll see if I'm proven right or wrong next week. Um, we have on it. Yeah, sure. Righto. <laughs> but I think I'm much more confident in Tavare holding this spot. Branko Lee, he could break back into the team, but I just, Tavare offers so much more in attack compared to Branko that I think they have to persist with him give him more time in the NRL. He'll develop. He's only missed like four or five tackles in the the six games he's played and three of them were in the game just gone. So um, he definitely gets more tackle busts and provides more tries and attacking stats than he does laps in defense. So Tavare, the cult hero, Val Meninga, I think he's a safe buy this week. Yeah, not as safe as Conley Lemuelu, I don't think, but... <laughs> sure. <laughs> nah, sure he probably... it's... um. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I will say I thought he looked pretty average on the weekend and it looked like Herbie Farnworth could literally run a circle around him and still score a try <laughs> at various points um, in that game. But I don't know. Yeah, he's Actually. obviously a, f- a force in attack. The girth factor we've mentioned on previous podcasts. <laughs> you can't really question that. And... Yeah, is there a better sight when he just gets a you know a ball close to line and crashes over? Yeah, he ran so. straight over the top of Herbie, didn't he, to get the Dolphins back into the game? Back in yeah, they got him back at the lead, sixteen fourteen. I remember when he just ran straight over him. So if he can do more of that close to the line, you just need to give him a bit of space, and he'll do it for you. Yeah, and if there's any doubt, just search his name on the internet, and you'll see that picture with him and the the glasses um, <laughs> yeah. that should give you any confidence that you need on, on Val. And yeah, I'm pretty happy to lock him in this week. We jumped on, yeah. well, I jumped on maybe the week before, but yeah, I think he's a pretty solid buy. He's still going to make some, some cash and I'm yeah, decently confident. He keeps this spot for the rest of the year. And I think common sense prevails here as well. He's, young, he's another he's good um, looping option as well yeah could get you 60 could get you 20 you never know that's true and look i'm 
pretty happy starting him in my centers. Um, I don't even tool further notice, honestly. Depending, I guess it depends on the matchup that the, the Dolphins have, but I'm not opposed to playing him in the centers, moving Joey Bainu, or if you've got another dual center back there that you really like, moving someone, or even playing him in your wing or fullback um, to Fare, because, yeah, I just think he's a weapon. He's He's been scoring well when he's had this starting opportunity as well. Yeah. The other thing that I might add for the Dolphins is Marshall King is carrying a shoulder injury, um, which is very unfortunate for him considering how good he's been for the Dolphins this year. If he was a hooker that I had in my team, I'd be looking to move him on while I can because I just don't see him getting the scores that he was at the start of the year with that AC issue. So, yeah, probably best to, to trade him up to you know, a Grant or someone like that. I mean, I don't think there's many other good hooker options outside of Grant at the moment. So, yeah, probably time to move Marshall King on. Yeah, Grant and Cook are probably, I think, the two standouts for the run home. But, yeah, yeah. I think Marshall King is a little bit of a tricky one because this is this nickel does seem to be affecting his performance a little bit, not just, um, you know, putting him in doubt for these games. Like when he's playing, he's playing at a, you know, poor rate because he's not doing as much of the, the base stats and things like that. Although yeah. he looks, you know, in the, in the snippets I saw on the weekend, I thought he still looked pretty good. Uh, I guess it's just that defensive workload and, you know, 46 from him was pretty solid. I thought, and he got to meet With behind that as well, yeah. I think as well. So, um, that's kind of what he's been doing all year, getting these additional kind of attacking stats to boost his scores up to the kind of just under that elite category. Yeah. But yeah, I think just lingering issues going on, mate, it just makes him, yeah, really tricky to hold and probably flip to one of the premium options later on. Yep, pretty much. Um, well, mate, we've touched on a lot. Been a great podcast so far, obviously. But <laughs> as always, any other buys you want to highlight for the folks out there tuning in? Yeah, to be honest, there's no good like buys this week that you're going to get in and you're going to hold for the rest of the season type buys. I think Tavares is probably the only one that you might buy this week and you can hold pretty comfortably to the end of the year in terms of cheap buys that you're willing to get in on a buy round, considering all the guns are at Origin. Um, Outside of him, I mean, you could take a punt on a Sexton. I think it's way too risky at this point, though. Uh, yeah, there's not a ton of buys that I'd be, you know, happy to bring in this week and confident that they're going to score big for the rest of the season outside of Tavare. The only ones that will be are your guns, like your Tarpanies and your your Toe Harrises, those kinds of guys that you can rely on. But um, most people already have those kinds of players already, I'd say. Yeah, and just to to cap off my opinions on Sexton, I would be, yeah, no way I'm considering Sexton, um, even as, like, a really rogue point of difference. Like, there's just... RC, there's Metcalf. Like, I just think there's way better options there. But yeah, too many variables to consider. Yeah, and the Bulldogs, not doing much. Tell you that much. <laughs> uh, 66-0, that's, yeah... This is their Actually, best chance of the season to beat a top four team. Wait, top four? Rabbitohs top four? Top eight team anyway. Yeah, top eight. Um, yeah, so I'd be avoiding pretty much all 
Bulldogs players. Even guys like Karaz has been pretty average over the last couple of weeks. Hopefully they hit form, but yeah. You know what? I'm probably going to bring in Kiraz this week. Um, I was planning on bringing him in last week, but I decided to hold Oluwapu in the hopes that he comes back in. But now that Sexton's moved to the Dogs, I think I'm going to go Oluwapu to Kiraz this week because I'm... Well, I've only got one fullback in the way of Buller at the moment. So I think Kiraz, he's so unders at the moment and surely hits form in the last couple of rounds at some point. Surely. Mm, oh, okay. Interesting trading in a guy coming off a 23 and a 12. Let's, yep. uh, let's hear more about this thought process. I mean, there's not much to the thought process, to be honest. You look at his first five rounds before he gets injured. And he's an absolute weapon. Even the last couple of games before he scores those, you know, pretty poor scores, he's still scoring in the 30s. He has a 40 in there as well. His run meters, he's still making 150 run meters a game. He just needs to probably not miss as many tackles and get a few more opportunities in in attack. And he's already back to, you know, scoring 50s again. So I am pretty comfortable going sideways from Oluwapu to Kiraz. They're about the same price anyway. And I get an extra player this week. And then the hopes that he kind of bounces back in the back end of the year. The only issue is that they have, you know, the Broncos and the Panthers after this game against the weak Rabbitohs. So, yeah, that'll be the, <laughs> the thing that maybe breaks the camel's back and me selling him again, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't have the option because he is obviously valued there at, at 415 and has a draft owner who probably should have sold him after his hot run of form at the start of the year. <laughs> yeah, I... I'm not super positive about his outlook for the for the rest of the year and especially this next stretch where he comes against the Broncos and the Panthers there. But I think for me, mate, like I'm looking more in trying to like just free up cash and go for the guys with like some big upside in the upcoming weeks with, with better draws like Amulatalu, someone that I'm really interested in. And Alex Johnson, even folks like that, who um, I think maybe have a higher floor, higher ceiling than than Karaz, and then you can kind of use them as that eighteenth um, man for you as well. Yeah, I don't mind Johnston to be honest. Just he, they need Latrell back there. He he needs Latrell back there because when Latrell and Cody Walker combine to get him in, it tries in the corner. That's when they look their most dangerous. And I think until Latrell's back, Johnston, I'd avoid. Um, but yeah, he's getting close to that point. So it's probably next round for Johnston. I think he'll probably start to bounce back and see some better scores, more tries. To be fair, two on the weekend, but two on the weekend for a 42, I believe. So yeah, hopefully yeah, you can keep getting those tries and really hit those 50 pluses. Multalo, I think, is someone who I think is just so close to breaking out and having like one of those massive Scott Drinkwater games like we saw on the weekend where he scores like 500 tries. And to be fair, against the Tigers this week, if I was a betting man, I'd be uh, <laughs> throwing my chips in for a big Multala game this week. Uh, to be fair, I, I will give you that, but the Dragons' left edge has been the worst edge in the NRL all season, and Sione Katoa did not score one try. Yeah, that was strange. Um, How crazy. It would have broken so many multis. Absolutely <laughs> disgraceful. <laughs> well, Mulatalo will come up against Kapoa this week. 
uh, who's kind of been in and out of this side. And I guess he started as a winger, but has been playing in the second row a lot. So I wonder if it could just be a a Sharks clinic down there. Well, I guess their left side, isn't it? So it's it could be a big, big game for, for Mulatalo there. Anything else, mate, I guess, in, in the buys that you're you're considering this week or you think we should touch on? Uh, nah, that's pretty much it. I think a lot of buys are going to be dependent on people's teams, like whether you need a, an extra hooker or an extra winger this week or an extra center or whatever. Um, I think a lot of people still consider bringing in, bringing in Simpkin this week as well, you know, scoring okay with Talon De Silva taking some decent minutes off him, but, you know, he's still scoring quite well. Um, yeah. I mean, it's very dependent on who you have and who you need this week. Yeah, I think it's just what with um, Simkin pointing out that Appy, I think, is due back 22. Yep. I guess that's maybe a best-case scenario for Appy. could be a little bit further behind that, but it'll be in that kind of range. So I think, yeah, you're not getting too many more price rises out of Simkin at this point. And we've seen that he's... When Appy's back, he's you know, potentially single-figure scores and really yeah. isn't even somebody that you want as like a 18th, 19th man there. So I'd be yeah. avoiding for that reason as well. Yeah, I think if he gets three more games in Simpkin before Appy's back in 22, all he needs to do is average 35 and he'll make another 100K. So as long as he's scoring, you know, decently well, he can score higher than that in the same minutes. Um, as he got on the weekend, he scored a 50. So he just needs to be scoring 35s, 35s for the next couple of rounds. And yeah, he'll make you the cash. But um, I think having him this week compared to not, like having a hooker compared to not having a hooker, it's worth um, spending the trade to get Simpkin in. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I think just also consider it could be single figures in a month or so. You'll have if to you're running, yeah. If yeah. you're running low on trades, it's a pretty risky maneuver. But yeah, um, yeah, and I think he's it's probably like a two trade play. So you know, make sure you got those in the bank. What about holds, mate? You kind of mentioned Lemuelu as a hold there. I think for me, if Sean Johnson isn't named this week, he's also still a hold for me. I'm going to be trying to run with Hines, Johnson, and Cleary for the back end, ideally. Um, yep. Anyone else that's sticking out to you in the hold category? Yeah, I mean, Bula obviously is a hold this week because he's playing, and that 15, I wouldn't worry too much about that considering the score that got put on them. <laughs> a bit hard to score points when that happens. Um, he might be a sell, though, Buller, in a couple weeks' time. It just kind of depends how he performs this week and next week uh holds i mean most players are a hold this week to be honest like all your origin players are a hold uh if you've got um like a robson i think is the only one that people are kind of questioning whether to keep him or not he's a proven 80 minute hooker i think once this you know origin period passes he'll get back to scoring 50s again probably a hold still as well um I think that's pretty much it at this point. Most most players are a hold this week, especially your guns if you've still got them in. Um, if they're like out on buys like Pongers and stuff like that, I wouldn't be worrying about trading them. They're just holds for the time being. Definitely, yeah. It's pretty 
yeah, you shouldn't be trading out any any keepers this this week, like yeah, yep. Horsburghs. Yeah, Daniel, don't trade out Horsburgh this weekend. All right, <laughs> um, you don't need to remind me that I don't have him. I know I don't have him. <laughs> the him and Johnson, him and SJ, the two biggest mistakes I've made not jumping both on both of those before they skyrocketed. So, yeah, rough times. Uh, well, mate, with that, let's wrap it up with the cells here. Uh, you mentioned maybe a dream bullet, but probably not pulling the trigger yet. Uh, we've maybe we've talked a little bit before the show about Jake Turpin being a potential sell, but I actually think he's more of a hold for me. Uh, has been pretty good with uh, you know the time he's been playing. Brandon Smith might be back around twenty. I think that's when he's when he's due back. But uh, I think even still with Brandon Smith, I'm kind of interested to see what Jake Turpin does here. I kind of think that Brandon Smith might play through the middle and they might still give Jake Turpin a really big role. What are your thoughts on him, mate? I am of the complete opposite opinion. I think Turpin <laughs> is a sell this week, just based off his poor score over the the weekend. And I did, well, we did say in last week's podcast he'd be an emergency player and not to play him this week because of that rib cartilage injury and... It, it showed, to be honest, in the game. He was trying his hardest, trying to put hits on, but he wasn't obviously making the most of them. He succumbed to that injury pretty quickly. and Well, it wasn't the injury. He got a head knock, but it didn't look like he was comfortable out there anyway. So, um, yeah, obviously a sell, I think, this week um, for Turpin, especially with Brendan Smith coming back. You don't pay that kind of money to to have Brendan Smith, you know, playing off the bench or even through the middle, I think, especially considering some of the forwards that the Roosters have when you've got, you know, Victor Radley, Nat Butcher, all those kinds of players. They've even got Nathan Brown in there who, you know, he's been a pretty good lock in in, in the past. So, yeah, I think they're going to persist with Smith at hooker and Turpin's unfortunately going to go back to the bench or just out of the squad completely. Hmm, some food for thought there. I think I'm still holding, uh, holding on to it at this point. I'm just interested to see how this team shakes up when Brandon Smith is back. I think he's been pretty solid, honestly, for them. Like, making 68, 50-plus tackles um, in a bunch of the games where he's played big minutes. He's kind of shored up that middle for them a little bit. But that's the thing, though. Like, uh, that's all he does. He just, he he just does. makes tackles. Yeah. It's good for fantasy, yeah. He gets points, but, like... For the Roosters, like, what does he offer? He doesn't have a running game out of hooker. He doesn't provide any spark. Doesn't threaten the defensive line at all, especially when you're on the front foot. Yeah, I think it's... I think they're going to look at Brendan Smith as that player in the middle there um, at hooker. So, unfortunate for Turpin, but it is what it is. Hmm. Maybe I have to reevaluate this, to be fair. You do make some good points. <laughs> Plus, he's worth 540k as well, so you could probably sell him up to a decent player. Like, you sell him, and, like, if you have Billy Smith as well, that's a mill that you've made up there, so you can easily get a gun in, like a Tohu Harris, a JDB Tarpany, even Hines if you don't have him. Well, maybe not Hines. It's probably not enough cash to get Hines and a cheapie. But at least, you know, a gun mid, and then you get, like, Tavare or a Simpkin, like a 300k player, and, yeah, you're cheering. Well, that was my problem, mate. I had to sell... Billy Smith, didn't I? That's why I, uh, I got too many guys I need to sell. I just I just want him over Turpin. But uh, 
I guess he's another one we should we should touch on. Yeah, what yeah. do you? What's going to outlook on Billy Smith? I am. I mean, I don't yeah, think it's sell. a dire sell, but that's for some reason the way I I looked at it when I looked at Lockhart straight away there instead of going to Turpin. Yeah. Anything yeah, else not a must sell. Yeah, Billy like, Smith. Yeah, not a must sell, but like his scores have been like since he came back into the team looked great, and now his scores have been dismal. And the weird thing is, his two best scores came against two, you know, decent contenders in the Cowboys and the Panthers. Cowboys definitely on a down week that week, but the Panthers, like, there's no way he should have been scoring sixty against the Panthers. So, um, yeah, really, really weird stuff. And I don't think, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I say this on the podcast every week as well. Like the Roosters aren't going to bounce back. It doesn't look like this season. So, yeah, I would probably be leaning more sell for Billy Smith than hold. But then again, the center position is a wasteland in terms of good quality players. So he might bounce back, but I think there's probably better options at this point. Well, my stock's in um, Sam Walker and Isaac Crichton in various draft leagues. Didn't like the sound of that, but you do (laughs) bring up some good points there. Do you the think um, Sam Walker will be back next week? I think he will be, yeah. Yeah, um, I agree with you there. He uh, There was some footage of him like running around a few weeks ago. I think NRL Physio put something or said something in the Magic Sponge podcast that yep. made it seem like he was a chance even for that uh, for last week with round 18. But obviously yep. the week he has off this week will... Hopefully, shore him up for that round twenty. And yep. yeah, I'm interested. What are the Roosters have got troops coming back? Are they going to magically click? Maybe, but they're being probably not. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm leaning towards probably not. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. They can still make the eight, but yeah, it's looking more and more unlikely every week. Yeah, like who do they kick out? Like the the Warriors. Probably not. The Eels, probably not. The Cowboys yeah, so are hard. looking pretty sick at the moment. Even the Titans, Fafita, has been on a rampage. How do you... Yeah, it's... Rabbitohs. Like, yeah, there's a lot of good teams that are fighting for spots. Um, okay, so in the top current teams that are above the Roosters, who do you put a line through as they're not going to make it? The Eels. Oh, yeah, right off. Off. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, mate. <laughs> I Classic think I'd probably pretenders. put a line through. I'd probably put a line through the through Manly and the Dolphins. I don't think they're going to make the eight. No Turbo and the Dolphins. You know, their first season they've looked good in in stints, but I don't know if they can do it the whole year. And then I'm I'm. <laughs> I know it's strange to say, but I almost put a line through the Raiders. I think they'll make the eight, but I just don't think. Like, they might just make the eight, but I just don't think they're huge contenders this year. I agree. Yeah, that, they're the one that kind of sticks out to me. Like, yeah, everyone else, like that top three, I pretty much see, or that top yep. four, I pretty much see staying the same. Like, I don't think yeah. anyone's going to move there. The only ones that maybe might make a bit more of a jump is the Rabbitohs, but they've still got this week against the Bulldogs that I'm not, like, super confident in them winning with the squad yep. they've named and they've still got Latrell to come back into this team that he'll probably miss round 20 as well but I think they've been they were like the form team of the first like pre-origin period I thought and it'll be there yeah. but 
It's interesting to note as well that the Cowboys are higher in the premiership favourites than the Raiders are. And the Raiders are currently fifth and the Cowboys are outside the eight. (laughs) So. Because Cowboys are sick. Strange. (laughs) Fair. Plus you get a free win. Got the bye. But then again, so the Raiders, they're playing the Dragons as well. So they get a free win as well. Is that game in Canberra as well? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think it is. No, it's not. There you go. I was going to say, the, the Dragons have like one of the like funniest and worst records at Canberra Stadium. I think like they hadn't won a game in like 30 years. Or There's like just some crazy stats and them in Canberra as well. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. But, um, well, mate, let's go... Let's switch gears, do some draft stuff before we get into some fan questions. Been carrying on this week. <laughs> but my get em ins, we've been talking about it a little bit. Some guys I've seen in a few leagues there, the Cardi Party, if you need to plug in a hole in your, your two RF this week, RC. And then Sexton, who I've got it as a get him in, but probably really more of a stash, as we were talking about before. Also, we mentioned last week for in a stash category that the Cowboys second rowers, Nanai, Late Lua, really interesting stashes. I think that remains the case. Yeah. And then I think a plug and play this week, I'd be pretty happy to plug and play um, Burns from the Bulldogs. I think he's got a pretty decent matchup this week. Might not be a long-term play, but just the team that's running out for the <laughs> for the rabbits there, I think it makes it a pretty juicy matchup for him and could be a difference yep. maker for your team if you're playing in the buys here. Anyone else you want to highlight there, mate? Yeah, I don't mind playing Sean Russell this week. I think he's probably got a good score in him. Um, the only issue is they're playing the Warriors, Parramatta. They couldn't come up a, against a, a harder team to beat in these buys that doesn't have anyone really in origin. So... Uh, but I don't mind Russell at all. I um, should do quite well at fullback and should have make plenty of meters. So, not a, not a bad plug and play option if you need an extra center or a winger fullback. Sweet mate. Well, let's get into some um, fan questions if you got them there. Yeah. So if you ever want to submit questions, like I say every week, head over to our Instagram page at Footy Brains Pod, and we put a story up before we record each week. So feel free to chuck them in there. Um, Cooper asks, "What are your thoughts long term on Nanai?" We kind of just touched on him then, but what do you, I guess, as a buy for the rest of the season? Yeah, I like it. I think it's a pretty interesting pod play. The Cowboys do have an extra buy in this last run home period, which I think is a consideration. But I think they've got a pretty nice draw as well coming up, especially that last like three to four games of the season. Definitely a point of difference has these like 80 plus scores in him. I don't think, obviously, I'd be going him over like a Hopgood or a, or a D-Fifth, but uh, I think he's he's up there as far as options and a real point of difference. Yeah, probably the best mid-range, mid-range edge option there is, to be honest, Nanai, because of his attacking stats. But I just, yeah, the Cowboys form worries me. You know how you've kind of been slipping in and out of good play um, throughout the season, you just need to kind of hit your straps, I guess, towards the back end and hopefully perform and get yourselves into the eight at this point. So hopefully they can do that. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I agree with that. To be fair, like 
they've been a bit up and down. So it's obviously risky, but we've seen he's got these like 80 plus scores in it. I like it for the upside play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Next question from Fred. I have Simpkin, Cook and Boyd and only one trade left. Should I trade out Cook or Boyd? I wouldn't be doing any of them, Fred. I think if you got players for this week and you're just, you know, you're trading out a hooker for, I guess maybe he's trading out a hooker to get an extra number this week that he needs. Yeah. But I'm thinking of it from the position, like he might be, he should be covered in other positions. Hopefully he's just trading out a hooker just because he, he doesn't need one this week with, with Boyd there. Yeah. Or if cool, you can get away with holding right. them. I think, yeah. I think that's hold. where you're leaning. Yeah. Exactly. Hold. But like Cook, I, I think I'd, if I had to choose one, I think I'd trade out Cook before I traded out Boyd. I know you're going to say the opposite, but the reason I say that is because <laughs> Cook has two buys. He has two buys in the last eight games. So he only plays six of the last eight, whereas the Titans play all eight games. So that's the only reason I'd hold Boyd. And the fact that Boyd's a dual position player as well. So. The disgusting That's, thought. Yeah, I know, I know, but you've got to think about these things. If you're going for overall total points, matters. Matters a lot. So I think Boyd just outweighs Cook at that point. Matters for my self-esteem and morale, having Tanner Boyd <laughs> in my team. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Damian Cook, I think the Rabbitohs have a really nice run home as well. It could be some nice... Um, you know, attacking stats for Damian Cook to kind of boost his scores there. But understand what you're saying with the, the extra buy that he's got here in the last... Uh, I think they've got two in the last seven weeks here. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, not great. Not great. Uh, next question. Would you trade Haas to Fafita after Origin? No. Unless they're talking about Cleese Haas. I doubt you're going to find that much cash. <laughs> <laughs> if you're saying pain to pain Haas to David Fafita, that's a yeah, big old no. That's very sideways. Probably want both. Yeah, exactly. Question from Anna. Turpin to Simpkin or Boyd? Wow. That's hard for me, given my anti-Boyd bias. But <laughs> I guess he's probably the better... I don't know. He's pretty expensive. I'd just be, I'd be saving my cash to go for one of the bigger guns, like a Cleary, uh, like Cleary Hines, and then another hop dog in the position, like a DCE, a Munster, uh, Sean Johnson, versus having like Tanner Boyd there. So I'd be yeah, going Simpkin, free up the cash. Yep. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Simpkin, free up the cash. I reckon go to a Cleary, then. You save that cash for next week. Hopefully Cleary's back in the team and you snap him up. Yeah. Uh, question from Caden. Which wing of fullbacks should be traded in this week? We've already covered off one, like being Tavare. Um, but outside of that, I mean, my mine is Kiraz. What are you thinking? What's your thinking? Yeah, not. I really like Molotalo. Um, he's probably my top option this week if you can afford it. It's a it's a tricky one this week. Um, you know, guys like Azako, he had a really nice bye week um, last time as well. Martinez Lesniak's been in unreal form. But, yeah, I think when we're getting 
like yeah, I'd be going for a premium like at um Mulatalo or I'd be kind of trying to save some money and go at Tafari, I think, or even a Karaz. Yep. Yep, fair. Question from Lockie, what to do with TPJ? Jeez, I'm not really familiar with how TPJ's been going, to be honest. Um oh, eleven during the weekend. Oh, fair enough, <laughs> they got flogged. Um, but yeah. What to do? I think I would be selling him Lockie. Get rid of him. Do you reckon he's hold this week? Break even of sixty nine. Oi, that's um, that's not ideal. Obviously, they're coming up against a weaker weaker team. I guess it depends. Yeah, if you need a number for this week, I wouldn't be doing it. But I think he's a sell after this week. If not, yeah, fair. Uh, another question from Lockie is: SJ to Hines a good trade this week? That's a very difficult one. I think it is a good trade this week with uh, Sean Johnson down staff plus just Sharks versus Tigers this week. That is just, I don't know, crazy. Could yeah, be too good to pass up. Yeah. Righto. That's it for the questions. Sweet. Look at us go. More like a bloody yeah. hour and a half later, we... <laughs> Finally get through it all. We got through it all, yeah. yeah. Oh, just five games this week, um, hour and a half later. But obviously, thanks thanks if you made it this far. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Keep an eye out for our you know, socials, for everything that we've got going on. We'll keep you posted. Um, but otherwise, good luck. Thanks for listening to the Footy Brains podcast please follow us at Freddy Brains Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to further support us in what we do, you can do so through Patreon. All links are in our socials bio or through the link tree in the episode description. Good luck, and we'll see you next week.